slain. Father, we thank you for all that you are, and uh, Lord, just the sacrifice you made so that we could be here in your name today. Bless now our time in your word. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if this is your first time here at Faith Bible Church, I want to say welcome, and I hope that you've enjoyed the service so far. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us by television. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope that you enjoy our resurrection service. Well, I want to start today's message off with a question, and it's a question that's going to require your honesty, okay? Okay? Can I get your honesty? Raise your hand in here. Now remember, you in church, and it's Easter Sunday. Raise your hand in here if you've ever stolen something before. Come on, I tell the truth. You in church. You in church. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Now look at the person next to you or the person around you who don't have their hand up. And tell them you lying. <laughs> Welcome to Faith Bible. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't raise your hand and you know before you got saved you're still a sweet out of sugar. <laughs> if you was living back then you would have stole the Lord's Supper. Now that's some disrespectful stealing right there. Hey, hey, listen, 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 listen. Why is he asking us that? Because the story I'm going to tell you about today, what I want us to pay attention to, is about two thieves. And these two thieves, we would never want to admit it, but they represent all of us. You see, no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, all of us spiritually, depending on our attitude toward God, identifies with either one or the other of these two thieves. Luke chapter 23, verse 39 through 43 reads this way. It says, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. In verse 40, he says, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God? seeing you are under the same condemnation. 41 reads this way. It says, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done, what's that next word? Oh, come on. What's that next word? This man has done nothing wrong. 42 says this. It says, then he said to Jesus, Lord, 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 remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then last 43, Jesus responds to his request. He said, and Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, today, when? You shall be with me in paradise. All of us, no matter who we are, we're either the thief in verse number 39 or we're the thief in verse 40 to 42. And I see how some of y'all looking at me. You're looking at me like, not me, pastor. You got me wrong. Yes, you too. Romans 3.23 reads this way. It's what it says. It says, for, what's that next word? Oh. Who? Oh. 
come on, read it like you got educated in St. Tammany. For who? All, all have what? Sin. Stop right there. It says, for all have what? Sin. Is that sin word? Is it past tense or present tense? Y'all, y'all so smart. Y'all slow, but you're worth waiting on. You know that? <laughs> all in the past have what? That means that before we were saved, if we're not saved, if we are saved, before we were saved, all of us did what? Sin. And then the next part of it says, and fall short. Is that past tense or present tense? See, y'all slow, but you're worth waiting on. It's present tense. So in the past, we all did what? And right now, we all fall short of the glory of who? What does that mean, Pastor? That means that before we were saved, we sinned. And that means that right now, even if we saved, we fall short of the glory of God. Well, you got to break it down for us. What does it mean to fall short of the glory of God? That's just another way of saying that even though you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, a mighty burning fire, been walking for the Lord a long time, you still sin too. In the past, all of us sinned, and right now, all of us fall short of God's word. No matter who we are, pastor, not my grandma. Yes, your grandma too, baby. So sorry to tell you. And the point of this message is the difference between those of us who are going to heaven and those of us who are not. The difference between those of us who are saved and those of us who are not is not whether we're perfect or imperfect, not whether we got it all right or don't have any of it together, but the difference between those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ and those of us who don't is simply a matter of whether or not spiritually our attitude toward God identify with the first thief or the second one. Let's look at the first one, verse 39, Luke 23. It says, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and what? Notice what he says. He doesn't say, since you are the Christ. He doesn't say, because you are the Christ. Instead, what he says is what? If you are the what? This was not a statement of belief. This was a questioning statement. In other words, he was saying to Jesus, if you are who you say that you are, if you're God like you say that you're God, if you're the king like you say that you are, then do something about my situation. Save me from this cross. It's, it's not that I believe you. And until you prove yourself to me, understand that I won't believe you. This man had what I call a carjack theology. What's a carjack theology? Now, y'all got to participate in me. What do you do with a carjack? Come on, talk to me. What you do with a carjack? Nothing. You do nothing with a carjack. You get a car, and you don't even think about the carjack. The carjack stays where? In the trunk. And you don't think about it. You don't check on it. You don't go back there every now and then to make sure it's still back there. You don't take it out and make sure it still works. 
You don't even pay attention to the fact, you don't even think about the fact that you have a what? Until you have a flat. And oh, when you have a flat tire. It's been so long since you even thought about the, the, the car jack that when you have a flat tire, the first thing come to your mind is a prayer. And it goes something like this, Lord, please let this jack be in this trunk. Please let it have all the parts. And please let me know how to work it. And then we take it out. We change the tire. And then what do we do with the car jack? Right back in the trunk. Never to be thought about again until the next what? This man had a carjack theology. The only thing that God was good for, for this man, was what he could do for him. I don't want no relationship with you. I don't want to get to know you better. I don't want to find out more about who you are. I don't need you transforming my life. I don't want to live for you. All I want to know is what you can do for me. And some of us have a carjack theology. Lord, if you were a good carjack, you wouldn't have me in this mess. If you were a good carjack, you wouldn't allow me to suffer. If you were a good carjack, you wouldn't allow me to have relationship issues. And I don't want to get to know you better. I don't want a relationship with you. I don't want you to get to know me better or to transform my life. All I'm interested in is what you can do for me, and other than that, stay in the trunk where you belong. Carjack theology. This man didn't believe that Jesus Christ was who he said he was, and the only thing he was interested in was what Jesus Christ could do for him. But then there was another guy, the second thief. He was just as much a thief as the other guy. It says, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? 41. Watch what he says. Pay attention to this. And we indeed justly, in other words, are under this con condemnation. He says, for we receive the due what? In other words, bro, we're getting what we deserve. He says, for our deeds. He says, but this man has done nothing what? Don't miss that. Notice what he says. He says, we're receiving the due reward for our deeds. In other words, what this guy was saying was, bruh, we're guilty. And then the second thing that he says is, he says, but this man has done nothing what? We're guilty and this man is good. We're guilty and this man is what? Watch the next verse, 42. Says, then he said to Jesus, what's that word? What's that word? So let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get this straight. First he says, I'm guilty. And then he says, Christ is good. And then he calls Christ Lord. Stop, pause, rewind, go back over here. First he says, I'm what? And then he said, Christ is what? And then he calls Christ what? The only difference between people who are going to heaven and people who are not are people who are willing to have the same recognition that this man has. It's not whether you're perfect or whether you got it all together or whether you live right or whether you go to church or whether you pay your tithes or whether you got baptized or whether they tarry for you. None of that is just a matter of whether or not you're willing to say, I'm guilty, 
God is good. Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm guilty. God is good. And Jesus Christ is what? Y'all still looking at me crazy. I got to break it down a little more. Y'all slow, but you're worth waiting on. Break it down a little bit more. Raise your hand. Now, we're going to try this again. I'm going to give y'all another chance. Raise your hand in here if you ever got a speeding ticket. Come on, come on, come on, come on, raise your hand. Come on. Come. You ever got a speeding ticket? All right, put your, put your hand down, put your hand down. Put your hand down. All right, y'all saw who hands was up? The rest of them, tell them repent for lying. Oh, uh, your pastor a few months ago got a speeding ticket. Now, that's just messy. <laughs> and it wasn't a little speeding ticket either. I was doing 45 in a 25. Oh, don't look at me like that. You spent before, too. You just didn't get caught. Cop pulled me over. I get the ticket. I forgot my court date. And there, uh... A warrant was issued <laughs> for the good Reverend Doctor's arrest. And when I realized I had missed my court date and I had a warrant, I called down there to the courthouse because I wasn't just about to go down there. Because <laughs> the way my life set up, I'm too good looking to be in a room full of all men with orange on. So, uh, <laughs> so I called down there and I told him that this is Reverend Doctor. I ain't even Doctor yet. But I used this. Reverend Doctor Alfred N. Young III. She said, and I said, uh, I missed my court date. She said, Well, sir, we understand it happens. She said, Just come down here. <laughs> and I said, Huh? And she said, Just come to the courthouse. We'll clear it up. And I said, how are we going to clear it up? <laughs> so uh, I went down there. She told me what day to show up. And I show up to the courthouse. And I walk in to the courtroom. And one of the DAs, one of the ADAs, recognized me. And he walks up to me. And he says, uh, Reverend? I say, shh. <laughs> Keep your voice down when we in court. I said, they call me Nate. <laughs> <Don't> call me. <laughs> he said, what are you doing here? I said, uh, you know what had happened, and I started to lie. I ain't going to lie now, but I started to lie then. And uh, I started to say it was a mistake, but God said, just tell the truth. And I said, uh, well, I got a ticket. He said, well, were you speeding? And I started to lie again, but God said, just tell the truth. And I said, yes, I was speeding. I'm guilty. And he said, well, give me the ticket. He said, but there's something else I need to tell you. And uh, he said, what? I said, I missed my first court date. I said, so really, like, this ain't my court date, but I'm here to clear up the fact that it ain't my court date. <laughs> right about that time, they opened up that side door. <laughs> oh, you know who come out that side door. <laughs> the prisoners. And here they come. <laughs> and I'm standing there, and I'm like, I said, I think I might be in the wrong courthouse because I ain't come here for the jail stuff. All I got is a little ticket. And if y'all going to be putting people in them suits, 
let me know. I'm going to run out of here and I'll take my chances on the streets. <laughs> he said, just hold up, Pastor Young, hold up. So he goes up to the judge's desk and he starts whispering to the judge. And I hear him tell the judge, all I hear him say is, Pastor Young. And when he said Pastor Young, the judge was looking down. And when he said Pastor Young, the judge looked up and he looked at me over his glasses just like that. And I'm sitting here going, oh, gosh. And uh, at first, the way he was looking at me was like, shame on you. Like, you shouldn't be in this situation. And my first mind said, tell him you done messed up before, too. You ain't always been right, judge. But then the saved me kicked in. And I ain't say that. I just threw up my hands, and I made a face like this. And what I was saying was, I'm guilty. And I was throwing up my hands, and I was throwing myself on the mercy of the court, and I was saying, Your Honor, you're right, I'm guilty. A few minutes later, the DA came back to me, and that was the longest few minutes of my life. And he came back to me, and he said, Mr. Young, you're free to go. And I said, you mean like, free to go, free to go? He said, yeah, you're free to go. I said, are y'all going to take care of the attachment? He said, yes, we're going to take care of the attachment. I said, well, can I get a little paperwork just to make sure? <laughs> never, can, never can be too sure. So he said, yeah, you can get some paperwork just to make sure. So he gave me my paperwork, and I walked out of there without paying a fine, without paying any court costs, without paying for the ticket, without paying for any of that. What's your point? My point is that it started when I was willing to say I'm guilty. I'm guilty and I throw myself upon the mercy of the court. What are you saying, Pastor? That there is but one difference between the first thief and the second thief. And there is one difference between people who are going to hell and people who are going to heaven. And that is the people who are going to heaven, they're not perfect. They ain't got it all together. So you catch them on the right day, they might get your mind right. It's not that they super spiritual or they super close to God. The only difference is they've come to a place in their life where like the first thief, they're willing to say, you know what, Lord? I'm guilty. I'm guilty and I can't help myself. And there is nothing I can do about the fact that I'm guilty. But what I also recognize, while I recognize I'm guilty, I know that you're good and you are Lord. And because you're good and you're Lord, I throw myself upon the mercy of your throne. And I recognize you as king. So save me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Deliver me, Lord. Set me free from where I'm at. And the Bible says that what God does is he casts my sin as far as the east is from the west. And then he remembers them no more. I want to talk to some people who feel like on this Resurrection Sunday, you've messed up so bad that you can't have a relationship with God. This message ain't for those of us who got it all together. 
you'll probably never hear that message at Faith Bible because we're just a bunch of folk who recognize that we're messed up, that we're toe up from the flow up. And without the Lord Jesus Christ, there isn't anything that we could do about it. And I want to talk to those of you who are feeling like you're in that situation where you've done too much in order for God to save you. What I want you to know is whatever it is that you feel like he can't save you from, he died for that. If you messed up, he died for that. If, if you're down and out, he died for that. If you messed up beyond what anybody's ever messed up, I need you to know he died for that. And whatever it is that you're carrying, God can and God will pick you up, turn you around, place your feet on solid ground. Because he's good and he is Lord. Get this. If he was Lord, Without being good, it wouldn't even matter. Why? Because then he would be like some of us. He would have the power to do something about it, but he would not be willing to do anything about it. But because he's Lord and he's good, now we can have eternal life. Listen, listen, listen. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift. What is it? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. It's the gift of God. Listen, listen, listen. The second thief on the cross never had time to go to church. He, he never had time to clean up his act. He, he never had time to, to live right. He never had time to pay. No. You don't find anywhere in the Bible where it says that a group of believers gathered around the second thief and tarried for the Holy Spirit to come so he could be saved. He was bound to the cross at the point of death and the only time thing he had time to do was say, Lord, you are good and you are Lord. Remember me when you go into paradise. What's your point, Pastor? My point is that you can't work your way to heaven. You can't go to church your way to heaven. You can't baptize your way to heaven. You can't tithe your way to heaven. You can't live right enough to get to heaven. The only thing that you can do in order to get to heaven is recognize that you are guilty before the Lord. But although you're guilty before the Lord, God is good and Jesus Christ is what? Lord, God bless you with our heads bowed. <laughs> Father, thank you for the fact that you are good and you are Lord. Thank you for the awesome sacrifice that you made. Father, you died in our place. Father, now just pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, that for some of us today would be the day that we recognize your goodness. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the crazy part about this whole story